once again, and welcome to another episode of the Hands Down DFS NBA Podcast. As always, Scotty is here to help us break down this two-game slate on September 2nd. Hello, how are you doing, Scotty? I'm doing well. I uh, had a rough night because the Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray show did not explode the way I thought it was going to, but you know, you bounce back. It's not how hard you get knocked down, but you, it's how, how high you bounce. So I'm ready for a big bounce day. Yeah, imagine having uh, Don Mitchell and Eric Bledsoe in that lineup. That, uh, that was not a good cash lineup for me last night. But like you said, we're going to bounce back here. We've got a, another great Game 7 tonight, and then Game 2 of the Heat and Bucks. And we'll start with that game, because you kind of called it. Uh, game 1 you know, went to the Heat like you said it would. What did you think about that? I'm glad that you gave me my credit, because I was about to go in a little soapbox about how I am the all-knowing uh, NBA guy, but no, uh, it was very interesting to watch because I thought Adebayo was going to be guarding Giannis uh, pretty much just all of the game, but they they really did send a lot of different looks at Giannis, and it really affected him. They started out with Crowder, then they then moved over to some Bam like we expected, then even Jimmy Butler got a little bit of a piece of Giannis, and it really threw him off his game so much so that he was just even pitiful from the free throw line. It just he looked visibly shaken and upset. And maybe this is another case of that they were just playing the Magic and now they're playing a team that is much better in the Heat. Maybe not, I shouldn't say much better, I should say maybe more healthy. That maybe be a better way of saying it. But um, it was definitely, Giannis just wasn't expecting that, I guess. And he really just didn't play well. And I put him in my lineup, even though I thought he was going to be something good, or in just one of my lineups. And that lineup was just, it's it's dunk because he got I think like forty seven points and it's crazy that forty seven DK points is still bad but that when you're talking about an eleven thousand guy that that really hurts. Um, he was one assist away from a triple double, so we can't say that he had just an absolutely terrible game. He still has that potential to. He almost was great, but he just he definitely had the opportunities. It was just it was just a hard night for him and. The entire kind of Bucks team. It was still a close game, because um, Blood or not Blood. So Middleton had the game of his life, uh, just with twenty three points in the first quarter, and then kind of forgot that there was a fourth quarter and ended up with only twenty eight points. Um, but yeah, and then of course the Blood so late scratch that whew, it hurt and it was tough. I didn't have fortunately I didn't have him in any of my lineups and as soon as I saw that I was like, dang, like I wish I had George Hill. But even George Hill George Hill's a guy that usually we like coming off of the bench, but he didn't even perform that well either in a starting role with more use or with more minutes and more usage. So it just really shows you how just not really deep this Bucks team is, um, as far as a DraftKings standpoint. Giannis really struggled from that free throw line four of twelve, and that's it's just not going to cut it in the NBA playoffs. No, that's that is pitiful, and the same thing kind of happened to him last year against the Raptors. Is he kind of just it was him falling apart from the free throw line that um, was a big reason why they couldn't win that series. Yeah. So let's get into some uh, some DraftKings picks here. Uh, who do you like on the Heat side coming back? Hopefully going to take this series to 2-0. It, how are they going to do that? Yeah, so for the Heat pricing, 
The guys that went up were Bam, Butler, and Drogic. At least it's the main guys that saw a price increase, and they all went up about 200 or 300 um, in price. But a guy that dropped 200 is Tyler Hero, and I really, really like him tonight. Um, him and also his counterpart, Duncan Robinson, the Bucks have the number one defense, and that's because they they just eliminate points in the points in the paint, which is strange because in this era of three point shots, you would think that wouldn't be enough, but it it, it works for them, and it's how they had the number one defense. But that's going to free up a lot of opportunities for the Heat uh, sharpshooters like Hero, like Duncan Robinson, some of the other guys, and both of their prices dropped because they had just poor shooting games. Hero still had 30 minutes. He shot um, 11 shots. He's getting a lot of usage, but he just wasn't able to hit the shots. And now that he's even at a discounted price, I like him to be able to bounce back. I think maybe just the fact that this game actually meant a little bit more. Maybe he got a little spooked being a rookie, but he's definitely a guy that I continually say that I wish the matchup would have been able to get, but he were just able to get him a couple picks early. Um, but he is definitely a guy that has that potential to really come out with a strong game. Yeah, and the guy you like the game on, and the main player on the Heat, Jimmy Butler. Apparently, he knows how to shoot the three now. He's been he's been unbelievable in the playoffs shooting from deep. Yeah, Jimmy Butler has been absolutely electric. I don't think now that he's at eighty three hundred, um, he's gonna need another 40, 40 point uh, showing just to get to 5x value. And he had 53 points, but he scored 40 actual points. I don't think he's going to be able to score 40 actual points. Again, maybe he sees more Giannis up against him. Maybe he sees um, just some more kind of double teams because I don't think the Bucks are going to let him drop another 40-point game. But I think that leads me into Bam Adebayo. I really like him. Adebayo has scored more than 40 points in his last three DK, uh, in his last three games, uh, 40 DK points in his last three games, and if he just keeps that up, that he's over 5x value, and if they're going to be sending more help or even Giannis onto Butler, that's going to free up a lot more uh, opportunities for Adebayo. So I really, really like Adebayo tonight as well, um, just because I think the Bucks maybe overreact a little bit to Butler's 40 night game and then butler becomes a little more of a facilitator in the pick and roll or whatever with Adebayo and it's Adebayo's turn to have a great night tonight yeah he can he can definitely benefit from butler having that big game one. Oh, for sure um so you played Giannis. you played Giannis in game one he kind of bit you didn't have a great game are you still gonna look towards him at game two so yeah so he's kind of my gpp pivot for th- for today um Coming in at 11,000, I was hoping maybe with the, or 11,400 to be exact, I was hoping he was going to have a little bit of a price decrease. He kind of just stayed the same. Tough spot because you have guys like Harden, but even Harden, I don't know how great he's going to be looking tonight. But I think a lot of people are going to be running away from Giannis. I think they're going to fill up more on the medium range. You get the Chris Pauls, you get the Jimmy Butlers, the Adebayos, kind of filling that middle 7 to 8k range uh, a lot and they're not going to really pay up so i think if you have a gpp lineup i think you can get low ownership on Giannis, which doesn't really happen usually and going back to game one like yeah he had a bad game but he had plenty of opportunities if he makes four more of those free throws that's another four points and that's not even asking for a lot that's asking him to go 66 percent from the free throw line that's not terrible right 
and yeah. he was one assist short of a triple double. Like, so there's if he just makes a couple more free throw, like a couple more free throws, and gets one more assist, maybe George Hill hits another three or somebody whatever. Then we're talking. We're saying, oh yeah, Giannis had a fine game. So I don't think he's worth running away from at all tonight. No, I, I agree. I, I anywhere in the top, looking at Giannis and Harden, if those guys can have you know they're off nights every once in a while and there's no chance that you look away from them because they will bounce back you know they're stars in the league for a reason yeah and i do have him more of a gpp pivot i want to make sure i say that instead of a cash play just because i mean the heat do seem like they kind of know what they're doing as far as defense against Giannis. um so i wouldn't say that he's just going to be a lock for 60 70 dk points i don't think that's necessarily true but he definitely has that potential yeah absolutely so is there anyone on the Bucks that you like as a safer play? Yeah. I'm just as tired talking about him as you guys are about listening and reading about him. But Brooke Lopez, I'm just going back to the well. Um, I feel like I've been – he's my, I think he's been my cash play pretty much every game of that the Bucks have, playing, have played this uh, postseason. But he's just, he's just as safe as it comes. He keeps being around that 5,500, 5,000 – area and he keeps getting at least 25 dk points so you're just like okay like <laughs> this this seems to be working and last game he had 24 real points and only one rebound that kind of went against what i thought was going to happen i thought maybe he was going right. to get more rebounds than he was in the first series against the magic just because maybe Giannis wasn't going to be getting as many rebounds but he proved that he can score in other ways uh this way by real points so I think I don't think he's going to be able to get 24 real points again tonight, but I do think he's going to get more than one rebound. So I think it's going to kind of balance out uh, a little bit of a regression to the mean on both sides, and he'll still be good for that five x, maybe a little bit more value. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that one rebound doesn't really scare me. Yeah. I mean, looking at it, it looks ugly because he's been consistently getting five, six, seven, you know, against the Magic, and then one against the Heat kind of throws it off, but. Yeah. I agree. I think he still should get up into between 5 and 10 rebounds, and if he can keep those shot attempts up, he'll be extremely safe for cash at this price. Yeah, I agree. So let's go talk about the big Game 7. Uh, game 6, the Thunder you know, equalized it. They came, bounced back from their poor shooting performance. Uh, CP3 led him with 28 points. Um, my boy Gallo came back with, uh, what did he have, 25 he had, he, he had 28 points, 38 DK points. Yep. So I love me some Gallo. He finally bounced back and showed us that consistency that he normally has brought in the regular season. And then we can talk about Westbrook, who he, I mean, overall didn't play terrible, but seven turnovers. And then in that last 30 seconds, just literally threw the ball away and gave, gave OPC the win. It was yeah. It was I went to bed in my cash game not being in the cash and I woke up and I had Chris Paul in my lineup and it was like, Hey, you won that contest and I was like, Oh, sick. Like that's awesome. So I was definitely confused because I didn't watch the I didn't watch the end of that game, but it was definitely um Chris Paul taking over there at the end and taking advantage of Russell Westbrook's terrible mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. He that's the problem with Westbrook. I like him because he did drop, did drop a, a thousand or eight hundred. He's now at eighty nine hundred. Mm-hmm. But it's that hit that he takes for turnovers. He 
like seven turnovers isn't out of the normal room. Like he sees that a lot of games, and you know that hurts you on the DK front. You're losing a half a point each. It's just ugly to see a guy who, if he isn't isn't on fire shooting, and like you know he he got plenty of rebounds, but didn't get many assists. If you have one of those nights, and then you're you know, losing four DK points for bad passes, it just kind of it makes him a tough play. Yeah, and I don't think he's worth playing tonight either because after the game, he did kind of reference that he's still going to be on a minute restriction coming into this game seven. So I just don't, even at even under 9K, I just don't think he's going to be worth playing. Yeah, agreed. Uh, one guy I am going to play because he's just been way too consistent on this Rockets team is Eric Gordon. Every night this playoffs, he's just locking you in 30 points. Last, I mean, game six was his worst performance at 27 and a half. That 5,800, that's still that's still right under 5x value. That's 4.75x. Mm-hmm. So he's just shown us this safe floor that he can knock down threes and just be a source of consistency when other guys, you know, Russ isn't feeling it. Harden, I mean, Harden is like Giannis when he's having a bad game. It's still a good game. But even when Harden isn't, you know, as consistent as he normally is, Eric Gordon's going to come in and knock down some shots and bring you 30 DK points at a relatively cheap price. Yeah, and like I said... So, I, uh, yeah, I love him here. Yeah, and like I said, with Westbrook getting the uh, minutes restriction still, that means that for a lot of the game, Gordon is going to be the number two option behind James Harden. So, I think a lot of people get scared of Eric Gordon when they see that Westbrook is back, but he's not. Westbrook's not fully back yet. So, I think that's a great play. Yeah, exactly. It could make him a good GPP play, too, because, it, you know, like you said, with Westbrook back, it's hard to look at any of these Rockets and be like, you know, that's a guy who can go off because you think all the production is run by two guys here. But, I mean, they've shown even even when Westbrook was in the game, like, you're, you're going to get five guys on the floor who are capable of making shots. Covington also had a great game six, so... I mean, none of these guys are out of the picture. Yeah, you just brought up Covington. Let me ask you this question really quick. Robert Covington has been playing out of his mind. He's been playing great these last couple games. And it seems like Robert Covington and Jeff Green can't both coexist as far as DK standpoint, from a DK standpoint. It's like when Jeff Green has a good game, Covington doesn't. When Covington does, Green doesn't. Whose turn do you think it is tonight between those two guys? Um... I'm leaning green. I think he's cheaper by a thousand dollars. He's cheaper by a thousand dollars. I think a lot of people are going to be turned off because he only played uh, what was it? Eighteen. He only played eighteen minutes in Game Six. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be looking at Covington, who's come in two straight games, has best two games of the playoffs, dropping a forty plus. Uh, he went forty three point seven five in Game Five, forty one point seven five in Game Six. I think a lot of people are going to be looking at him. But I think, you know, the sneaky play is Jeff Green for $1,000 cheaper. Gotcha. And it kind of leads me into my next point, where the Rockets lost this game on the rebounding front. Uh, they were out-rebounded by 10. Specifically, uh, OKC picked up 10 offensive rebounds. Jeez. They don't have, yeah, they don't have any height, obviously. They are a team that loves playing the small ball. But I think, you know, if, if they... I mean, they don't have any height in general. Jeff Green's the tallest guy in their the team at six eight. But I think if if they need to play against Stephen Adams and Nerlens Noel, like Jeff Green has to go in and do what he was doing earlier in the postseason, and it would be a source of ten rebounds and you know fifteen to twenty points every night, but give you forty DK points. Yeah. I think him and Covington have about the same upside, and you're getting 
you're getting green at you know thousand dollars cheaper so i like him better in this position gotcha and you usually like him straight up better like not even one as a cash play one as a gpp you, you just like just green better um i i green is my gpp play i think kind of both are gpp play i wouldn't play either of these guys in cash because of what you said like they kind of alternate with each other so one of them is going to have you know, a subpar game and not pay off their salary. Gotcha. I mean, if you want to get really risky, you can maybe play both in your same lineup, and that will definitely differentiate you from most of the field. But it is extremely possible that one of them, you know, puts up 15 DK points max. Yeah. So it's a risk. Gotcha. Well, you were talking about those two guys going up against Steven Adams. Do you like Steven Adams in this game? I, I love Steven Adams. Uh, like I mentioned, the Rockets can't rebound with their small, like, their small lineup. Most of these rebounds are coming from the guards, honestly. You know, you see Russell Westbrook and James Harden mopping up all these rebounds. So Adams is sitting there underneath the basket, just picking up 10, 12, 15 rebounds a game and just loading up on DK points just from rebounds alone. And he also has a ceiling of, you know, 15 to 20 points. He doesn't get as many looks when, you know, you have SGA there. He's been cold the past couple of games, but he's obviously a great shooter. Gallinari's a great shooter. Chris Paul was on fire. So Adams might not be getting the looks that these other guys are getting in terms of points, but he's at least a safe, like a very safe floor for 5,700. And then also if uh, they need that big man, Adams will get you, you know, put up 10 to 15 shots and hopefully make half of them and more than exceed 6x value. So I think he's a great GPP play. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And then I want to talk about the man of game six, Chris Paul, the 10 time all-star who has just proven that, you know, in this young man's league, he's still at the top of his game. Uh, it's game seven of a NBA playoff game. Chris Paul has more experience than anyone on the floor in the playoffs. He's played. I looked this up just before this 108 playoff games. Uh, there's no reason Billy Donovan will take the ball out of, ball out of his hands. I think they're just going to keep letting Chris Paul run the floor. You know, he'll he got a ton of rebounds in Game Six. He'll keep getting those rebounds. He'll drive. He'll dish. He'll shoot. I mean, Chris Paul can do it all, and he's still 8,200. And I think honestly, the way he's playing right now, he should be priced. He should be priced well over Russell Westbrook. So yeah, I, I think I think this is a cheap price for a guy who's going to basically guarantee you he'll be getting you 40 DK points a night. I mean, 40 would be just under 5X, but it, I mean, he obviously has the potential to go up to 50 or 60. If SGA is, you know, cold like he has been the past couple nights, Chris Paul is going to have to pick up his, his slack and start making big shots. And, you know, he might drop you, you know, 30 to 40 real points to go along with a handful of rebounds and assists. Yeah. So I think Paul's the... Paul's probably the safest play at this price in this game, I would think. Gotcha. So before we wrap up here, let me just ask you, you just talked about Chris Paul. Rank the three uh, OKC guards, just from safest to least safe. Uh, Schroeder or Gallinari? The guards. That's the third guard. Uh, Schroeder. So Schroeder, uh, SGA, and Chris Paul? Yes. Uh, I go, Chris Paul's definitely the safest. Uh, I would... I actually kind of think Schroeder I like, number two, SGA, and number three. But in terms of upside, I think SGA has that higher upside than Schroeder does. So I'd put, uh, I'd put SGA in the GPP lineup over Schroeder. Gotcha. But it's safety, Chris Paul, number one for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Awesome. Yeah.
Well, that'll wrap things up. Uh, thank you for listening as always. Uh, check us out at HandsDownDFS on Twitter or HandsDownDFS.com. We'll have an article out about three hours before lock tonight, as always. Um, leave us feedback. Either contact us through the website, DM us on Twitter, review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'd love to hear from you guys and see if you know, you're getting value out of this or enjoying this or if there's anything we can do better. We'd love to implement it. Uh, thank you for listening. Good luck. And we'll talk to you guys next time. See you. Thank you.